into Inside the Arc. It is Alec Buster joined as always by Brandon Simberg. Happy holidays, everyone. We have a pretty good episode for you before Brandon does a little traveling out west, as I like to say. So Brandon, how are you doing? How was your holidays? Yeah, it was good. Um, good to spend time with the family. Obviously not a ton of basketball on, but, you know, there was the Missouri game where Illinois trounced them. And, you know, sometimes it's good to step away from the basketball for a second and be in the moment, spend time with your family. So I, I had a really nice holidays. How about you? Yeah, it was pretty good. A little different schedule this year on my end. Went to my mom's side of the family on the 23rd, did my family thing on Christmas Eve. And then with my sister getting married in April, we did the, uh, we went over to the in-laws. So I got to meet uh, my future brother-in-law's side of the family for the first time, which was pretty cool. Um, did, did some, enjoy, had a good time over there. Watched the Cardinals, um, what the Cardinals play? The, uh, the Colts. The Colts, watched the Cardinals-Colts game, watched a little bit of the Laker game on Christmas day, which was infuriating to watch Russell Westbrook do what he did. But uh, yeah, I know it was a pretty good holiday season. Anyway, let's get right to it. Um, we have Marley Weirder coming on today. Marley um, is actually leaving WCIA to pursue a next step in her sports broadcast journalism career. She's going to be moving up to Michigan and she's going to be covering some things up there. So we decided we would bring Marley on one of our favorites on the beat to kind of reminisce on her time in Champaign with WCIA covering both Illinois football and Illinois basketball for the local CBS affiliate station. So let's get right over to it. All right. We're now happy to be joined by Marley Weirda. Marley, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So you're unfortunately leaving the beat. Makes me sad because we kind of came in at the same time. You're kind of a mentor to me. I don't think I've ever said that to you, but you're kind of a mentor. Kind of looked up to you a little oh, bit. Help me out here <laughs> and there as I was figuring it all out in the start of spring football. And I guess that would have been what, like 2019. Uh, but yeah, we're happy to have you on. And I kind of just wanted to start with what's next for you? Because you haven't really put it out on social media yet, but it was kind of broken to us by Kent Brown and then Brad Underwood shouting you out after the press conference of bragging rights. <laughs> you had to feel all high and mighty about yourself. Sure. Well, first of all, I don't know if I was a, a mentor, so to speak, like that was my first season too. So I was maybe as clueless as you were, but um, yeah, I am leaving Champaign. I got a job at another station. Um, I'm going to Wood TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is, um, I'm starting to get a little worried because people are telling me it's like 10 times colder than it is in Champaign. And I didn't really anticipate that or think about the snow. I just <laughs> thought I was moving to another city, but here I am, Florida girl going even more north. I don't know why I continue to do this to myself, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, Kent, like you said, um, sort of broke the news in a way in the, the press conference. I think he wanted to give me a, a shout out because that was my my last day on air um, with WCIA was at the, the Bragg and Rights game. And he just said in the press conference, hey, Marley Rita, it's her last day. And then um, Brad Underwood was like, where are you going? I was like, Grand Rapids. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I don't know what that means, but um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I want to start from the beginning here. Um, when you, when you came to Champaign and like to cover Illinois athletics, like what, before you covered the team, like, what'd you kind of think of Champaign or Illinois? Like, what'd you kind of know? Uh, I didn't know anything really. Um, <laughs> I, I had a friend that went to the U of I and, uh, my extent of knowledge of Champaign and Illinois was just from 
stuff that he had told me. Um, I never really grew up watching Illinois sports. Like it was just a very like, I, I almost didn't know they, they existed um, <laughs> until obviously like I started getting older and, and got more into sports and started watching the Big Ten more, but it was never like a program or anything that I, I paid attention to. So I think I have, you know, hopped on the bandwagon now a little bit where I think no matter where I go in my career, I think like now I finally have a college allegiance almost um, just from, you know, getting, I, I mean, you guys know, like we spend so much time with the coaches and the players that it makes our job more fun if we, you know, root for them, not to say that we should, you know, be cheering in the press box, but I think, you know, it makes our job more fun when the team is winning and the program is successful. And now I, I think Illinois sports have a little, like a sweet spot spot in my heart to be honest um so I I don't know I I grew up with um in a Michigan household both my parents went to University of Michigan so I guess um that was my fan base growing up but I never really felt like a strong connection to it and then going to you know smaller like division three school it wasn't the same thing that you get at a at a d1 school so now I feel like my my expertise in Illinois sports is way beyond what it what it was when I started. And, you know, I feel like I'm always going to keep an eye on them um, from a distance because it's been cool to, to watch, you know, all the programs grow in their own way and watch them change. So it's been it's been a been a good ride the last last three years. I like your uh, protecting of yourself there. Parents grew up, went to Michigan. I didn't really like Michigan that much. Good, good <laughs> understanding of the listeners of the podcast. <laughs> won't be turning it off now um sure uh, yeah. but good job there that was smart that was quick yes, yes. on your feet so I kind of also wanted to ask about kind of coming to Champaign someone who grew up in southern southern Florida um beaches oceans all that stuff to come to smack dab middle of Illinois cornfields um really nothing similar to what you grew up with what was that challenge like for you and how do you feel like you kind of adapted to it as you kind of grew through it in the last couple of years yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it was like a culture shock because that seems like a little bit extreme, but um, it was very, very different because, um, you know, growing up in, I mean, not so much just like palm trees and warmer weather. It's like I grew up in like a big city where there was a ton of people and coming to like a smaller college town, it was weird. It was different, um, but it also felt like I had a community, if that makes sense. Like I really couldn't have asked for a better place to start my career just because it did have that kind of like small town vibe to it um, where I was able to meet like a lot of really good people. And and it was I, like everybody was connected in one way or another. So I, I think that was really good for me. Um, just moving, you know, I couldn't imagine like getting out of college and moving to like a big city where I didn't know anybody. I think the the transition was easier moving to like a smaller place where I also didn't know anybody. So um, I think, I think it kind of helped ease the the transition, but yeah, the corn was, was a shock, like taking my first flight out of Champaign. Cause I actually drove up um, when I moved to Champaign, but then flying out, you see like all of like the grids where all the farms are. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow we're really in the middle of nowhere aren't we <laughs> so marley i think back to uh we both started i think it was spring football 2019 and yeah growing up i was a big illinois fan both my parents went to school at illinois and i 
feel like I've done a good job of kind of hiding that and putting that off to the side in the last couple of years, but getting an opportunity to interview Lovey Smith after that, like first spring practice to someone who grew up a Bears fan too. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And I quickly realized, I was like, all right, I need to be professional here. And like, I can't be a fanboy because Lovey's not going to like that. Um, Lovey was really intimidating for me to start just because he's Lovey Smith. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's, you know, he's, he's Lovey. Like, what was that like for you? Because for me as a freshman, sophomore, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're so right. I, I guess I didn't have that same, um, like, starstruckness to it I mean there's been so many times where I've like talked to like former line eye or coaches and everyone's like oh my god that's so and so he did this and this I'm like oh cool I guess but I it, you know sometimes it um it, it depends if I've like known them before if I heard of them but I, I don't know I feel like it, it wears off a little bit when you yeah. um speak to to the coaches and the athletes you're like okay they're they're just people but definitely in the beginning um I think it was a lot to get used to because it, it was my first time really like being in front of like a division one coach for the first time because I, I don't know they're like the head of a program of hundreds of kids and they're on tv playing a game in front of millions of people um so just the the weight of what that coach means to a program I think um is a lot to get used to at first but he actually put me at ease a little bit one of my first couple practices at spring ball um lovey came up to me and he's like are you new here well I gotta work on my lovey impression I, I love I, your lovey this is my best one hold on, hold on this one's good this one's good oh we interrupt the podcast quick to do my um bread okay no ask me um let's let's we'll role play it a little bit ask me um who's gonna be the starting quarterback um tomorrow let's say they're playing tomorrow ask me okay uh, yeah, hey, Coach, uh, who's, who are you expecting to be your starting quarterback tomorrow? Alec, Brandon Peters is our quarterback. Perfect. And it's not been any different. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But yeah, so so he co he comes up to me with, like, his you know, little Texas Southern drama. He's like, oh, are you new here? I'm like, oh, yeah, I just started. And he just, I don't know, just him talking to me as if I was an actual person. I think meant a lot um, in my definitely kind of scared state as a, you know, newbie on the beat. Um, so having him just like come up to me and talk to me as a person, um, I think meant a lot. And for him to know me and recognize me that I had been there for a couple practices and maybe didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> it, it was nice for him to, to kind of have that, that connection and makes him a little bit less scary in that sense. <laughs> So I never had that interaction with Lovey, and that probably would have really helped me. Um, but I always remember 2019, they're about to play Nebraska. It's the game at Memorial Stadium, night game. They end up taking a big lead early in that game, then they lose it. Was it like 14-0, I think? And then they ended up losing the game. But that Monday press conference with Lovey, I kind of asked him, I was like, hey, like, Adrian Martinez has done a really good job so far earlier this year, like, in the read option, RPO game, like how difficult is it to defend that? Or how do you plan to defend it? And he just shut me down immediately. He was like, well, why don't you come out to the game on Saturday and watch? And I was like, well, lovey, you see, I have a job and that requires me to be at the game on Saturday, but I'll, I'll make sure to write about it on Saturday. Just thinking like they're going to get thrashed. And they did. I think they gave up like 500, 600 yards that day. Do you have a moment with lovey that you're just going to remember be like, yeah, that was embarrassing. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot because it kind of scared me into asking like better questions, I guess. Sometimes you need that 
that humble like to get humbled a little bit and definitely like brad underwood has done that a couple times with me which i'm grateful for like okay i can't ask a dumb question and he's not gonna like tolerate it so i think like finding the courage to ask good questions um is definitely like a a lesson that um i've learned the hard way um i can't remember like an instance in particular but yeah i mean there's definitely been times like where i've gotten shut down i was like okay i'm gonna (laughs) my way out great that's my one question for today (laughs) so speaking of coaches and you know being scared of coaches I think it's no secret that Brad Underwood has in games you know not a bit of a a tantrum but you know he has the a tendency to sometimes like freak out at either the refs or someone on his team do you have like a moment from early on in your career you remember like oh like this is Brad Underwood when he was either getting on a player or an official Okay, no, but there is, I remember this so vividly. It was after Illinois beat Michigan. They were ranked number five at the time. I think this was at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season. Um, And I, a lot of us, I think, anticipated there to be a court storming, but it was a weird instance where there was only like 0.1 seconds left on the clock. So they didn't like sound the buzzer. Like the game just kind of ended weirdly like nobody knew if like the game was over or not like because there was still time on the clock um and like the band starts playing um and people start getting up like where we sit on the baseline like we're all seated during the game but then we stand up afterwards um and we kind of move towards where they're like shaking hands and Brad (laughs) stares at me like right in the face he was addressing all of the photographers and videographers that had just stood up to go like capture you know this this celebration looks at me dead in the eyes and he's like get off the court the game isn't over and I'm like that my soul left my body a little bit that day it was (laughs) I'm like I I couldn't imagine that was just me like getting onto the court to try and like get video of something like if I was um, one of his players um I don't know I I don't know if I would like I didn't like getting yelled at um as a player but but sometimes you need it I have noticed though um just when we get to sit like for certain away games we get to sit like for bragging rights for example like we sit right next to the bench which is cool because you can kind of hear a little bit what he's saying in the timeout and he'll scream he'll be like Trent that defense was horrible like but but great job like you know getting back on like he'll he'll, like yell at them but then say okay but you know the ball screen was good it's interesting um that's just something I've observed, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm jealous of you guys who get to sit so close to Brad and hear everything he says because, yeah, I think it's uh, super interesting. Um, and then we talked about how you've seen the program, or you've seen like Illinois change over the last few years, but like for, you know, from a basketball perspective, they were not good, I think, when you first got to Champaign and now they're kind of a consistent threat in the top 25, maybe not the last few weeks, but, you know, they've, they've definitely kind of righted the ship as a program. How have you kind of seen them change? Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy because I I almost don't remember a lot of my first year covering the team because I was just happy to like go to a a basketball game. I was like, okay, this is fun. I'm covering this. This is cool. You know, Um, my first couple of times that I got to to do it alone because for the first, you know, couple of years, I was always, you know, tag teaming it because I wasn't, you know, ready to to cover it on my own. Um, But I think honestly, like that, 2019-2020 season I think was the big turning point for them because they had reached so many milestones um, and and broken so many of those you know little things that haven't happened in 
you know, a couple years, I remember it was, you know, the first time they won at Wisconsin and then um, it kind of just the dominoes started to fall from there. So I think that was almost the the turning point in, in Illinois season. Um, so to see them go from maybe being, you know, just like a mediocre basketball team that, that could compete in the Big Ten to now being in the national conversation, I think, has has been really, really cool. And I think, you know, that's um, credit to, to Brad Underwood and and the culture that that he's trying to build. I remember, you know, there was one game where he he benched Io for the first like couple minutes because he was late to a practice. I mean, it, a lot of coaches won't do that. They won't, you know, bench their their star player because they were late. They'll they'll let it slide. So um, the the culture that he's been able to build with the program and and build a, a winning culture and a winning mentality, I think, has been been really cool. And I'm excited to see you know how they'll be doing so far this year. So Marley, that kind of fed in right to where I kind of wanted to go back to that 2019-20 campaign because that was my first basketball year on the basketball beat, I believe. It, it's yeah. all kind of like a time. Yeah, because like I was I started right, I started in 20 November of 2018, so I sort of got like the start of basketball season, but yeah. I wasn't you know as heavily on the the beat as I was now just because I was still learning. Like it was my first yeah. like month on the job. I didn't know how to do anything, but yeah, I think like 2019-20 is when I actually started like traveling and, and going to more games. So um, yeah, I think you're right in that sense. But yeah, it's such a mind game to like remember when you actually started or where all you've been and everything. It is. Like, it is. For me. <laughs> but I think back to that 2019-20 season and coming into it, it was kind of weird because Illinois was expected to be like good, but nobody really knew like how good because Kofi was a freshman, Io was a sophomore, and you had all these pieces coming back, but they weren't all like proven. And then they get off to a really disappointing start, right? Like they have the ugly loss to Miami, um, that Miami team was really bad. And then they had a bad, they coughed away a win at Maryland, but then they beat number five Michigan, yeah. like we talked about, and then they lost bragging rights, and then get blown out by Michigan State. Just like, it was such a weird start to the season. And then it all starts to work really well late in the year. And I always think back to that Iowa game, the final home game of that season before COVID kind of shut everything down as the first like, maybe my first like welcome to big time college basketball moment because sellout crowd playing for essentially the four seed in the big 10 tournament, which never really happened. The double buy and just a great game. And then Kofi obviously blocks Luca Garza. Were you on the sidelines for that game? And yeah. what do you kind of remember from it? Yeah, I was not actually, I was watching um, on TV. Um, I wasn't covering that game, but I, I, the similar moment for me um, from that, like I, I, I'm taking like that type of experience um, was comparable to the um, Michigan game in Ann Arbor when Io hit the um, game winning shot. That to me was like, oh my gosh, that I, I had never really had that type of moment before. I'm sure people who have covered the beat for a long time, there's always been, you know, those kind of wins or those upsets that have just like shook them that that was that for me um that was like my real like that's kind of where it clicked for me like oh wow okay like this is what it's like to cover um you know a, a top basketball team that that to me was was pretty cool but yeah I mean it, it wasn't the same for that Iowa game watching it on tv um but you know you could tell that it, it was kind of the almost not not the turning point but um you could tell that that this team had had come a long way and actually 
had started to prove themselves there in that moment. And it was unfortunate that they couldn't go on to to do it in the in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, that was such a weird, weird year in just them not being able to to play on the national stage, play in the Big Ten tournament after losing, you know, in the first two rounds, I think it was, like the year before, I think they made it past the first. I don't remember. It's all a blur, but um, for them to not be able to compete after the season that they had, after being kind of like the underdogs of the Big Ten or, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was disappointing for sure. I feel like everyone kind of has a story from this day, but, you know, Illinois was about to be playing when the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament got canceled. Were you in Indianapolis yet? Like, were you driving? What's kind of your story from March 13th? Yeah, so for sure. I got to the station. Like, I had my suitcase packed and everything. Like, I was going to go cover the Big Ten tournament. Um, You know, I I wasn't as excited because there weren't going to be fans there. Um, But that's, you know, the extent of what I thought it was going to be. I'm like, oh, man, like, going to cover my first Big Ten tournament. There's going to be no fans. It's going to suck whatever um and I, I get there I'm like packing up all the equipment like I get in the car and I was standing next to Andy Olson at the time he was still working in the news department this is when Craig Schott um was still at the station and me and Andy like both got the ESPN alert like Big Ten tournament canceled I'm like oh oh my gosh it's canceled I, I go to my news director I'm like hey um the Big Ten tournament just got canceled I, I was supposed to go I don't know what what's going on he sent me anyway he's like okay just go, go to Indy, like, just, just get there. And then we'll, we'll figure out a plan, but like, I need you to like, get there as quick as possible. Um, so I got to Indy. It was like, it was a ghost town. It was so odd because you would have expected the city to be like buzzing and exciting and fans going around. Um, and it was just not that at all. It was just, it was almost eerie. Um, so I, it, it was honestly, it was a really humbling experience truly though, to be like, like a part of one of the most historic days in sports um, and to be there covering it on site from the place, you know, that the big 10 tournament had just been canceled. So it was, it was cool in that sense. And I'll forever remember it like being a part of history, but it was still like the weirdest day of my life. Like it just felt like a movie really. It it was unreal. Um, And I actually, I tell everybody this because it's such a cool like artifact that I have. They were pulling down like the banners. They were taking down like all the signage at Lucas Oil when it was done, Lucas Oil Stadium. Or no, no, it wasn't Lucas Oil. It was um, Banker's Life. Yeah, previously Banker's What do they call it now? It's like the... I thought it was still Banker's Life. So I mean, it's this not is awesome. I think they Life. changed it. They did change they it. Changed I it. forget what they changed it to though. Um, yeah, me too. It really okay, matter. whatever. Forever Banker, Banker's Life in our hearts. Um, yeah, so they had all the the signage like on the windows and stuff, and they were pulling it all down. Um, and I I I was like, hey, what do you guys like do with all of this when when it's when you take it off? They're like, oh, we just throw it away. So, like, oh, can I can I keep it? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. So I took like the little Illinois logo that they pulled off um, off the the building. So maybe that'll go for a lot of money one day. But it's all like crumpled up because it was like so sticky because it was like that material that they stick to the window so it's hard to like pull apart so it's all crumpled up but I don't know it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah I was at the University of Maryland and I was covering the Maryland Terrapins and so I was gonna fly out my flight was that day um, but I was flying to Indy instead and then it got canceled and so I was on the phone like switching flights I'll just go back to Chicago pay yeah. for my bags and 
yeah, had no idea that would be the end of the season, but and just the end of basketball as we knew it at the time. Um, right. But then last year we were both in Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament, and I think when I think about you in the Big Ten tournament, there, this is the memory that comes to my mind. But uh, after the Illinois beat Iowa in the semifinals, you tweet out a picture of <laughs> Illinois, like with their arms wrapped around each other, um, while the other, while one team was shooting yeah. a free throw, and then Iowa players are kind of standing next to each other, and you kind of went viral on Twitter um, a little bit. Like I see fourth over four thousand likes, including a quote tweet uh, by Iowa guard Jordan Bohannon. Where is that rank for you in like? coverage moments getting quote tweeted by Jordan Bohan and having Iowa fans all in your mentions uh yeah the the death threats were not fun for sure like I had and you know what it's so it was so frustrating to me because like Iowa fans were tweeting at me like I was an Illinois fan like it was like a knock on Iowa I was like that was not my intention at all it was just like I we weren't allowed to take video at um, the Big Ten tournament, like they don't allow us to shoot video. So I guess, you know, my responsibility and my job as a reporter there, not being able to take video was like, okay, what can I bring to this? What can I, you know, cover from this game that people aren't going to see on TV? So, you know, I would like tweet little things that I would notice happening on the bench or, um, you know, just happening in the arena that maybe somebody on TV wouldn't see. So that's exactly what I did in that picture. I'm like, oh, I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, spot the difference. I, that was my my caption. I remember it was just, um, you know, Iowa was um, shooting, like Illinois just gotten a, a technical foul, but you know, they're they're all like huddled up together, and then I was just kind of standing there, as most teams do. Like, not a lot of teams get together in a, in a little huddle or. Um, you know, stand um, with their arms over each other um, when another team is, is shooting free throws. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was like an interesting moment. It wasn't meant to be a knock on Iowa at all, but it just blew up from there. I mean, the Illinois fans loved it and that's where it kind of skyrocketed. But then the Iowa fans started getting um, angry and <laughs> into my DMs, into my mentions. And they're like, you know, fuck you, you bitch ass reporter. Like you, like your team sucks. I'm like my team. I'm like, uh, they're they're not really my team. Like I, I mean, I cover them, but I, you know, if they win or lose, like it has no effect on me at all. Um, personally, like most fans do. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was a weird. It was weird. Uh, I, I I still like like to talk about it sometimes because it's pretty funny. Like when I went to to Iowa City to cover the Illinois Iowa game this year, I was like. Oh, I'm in the arena with all my haters. Hopefully, you know, no one comes to, to kill me like you uh, said in, in my um, DMs. But if you if you do want to curb stomp my ass, like you said in the in the mentions, I'm like, I'll be outside at, at 11 o'clock. So um, come at me after the game if you if you so feel like it. But yeah, <laughs> it was um, it was interesting. for sure. <clears throat> Marley, I'll take you in a fight against an Iowa fan. You're yeah, a former oh my gosh, I could, yeah. I <laughs> so not to keep on the COVID stuff, because I think that stuff's boring, but unfortunately it's becoming a big thing for us again in this country. Yeah. I think back to last season, um, you know, all the fans not being in any arena for most of the year. And as a sports writer, that's obviously jarring and it's weird and it affects my game day experience. But in the end, it's, I think, a lot more difficult for you as a TV reporter to kind of deal with that because, you know, you're getting shots of fans in the stands and you are kind of 
doing those kind of things, getting B-roll of it, whether that's outside the stadium, whether that's inside the stadium, Orange Crush going crazy after a big dunk. Like, there's so much more that goes into getting shots of the game than just shots of the actual players and the coaches, right? So, like, how difficult mm-hmm. was it for you last year to kind of learn how to handle all of that stuff for Illinois football and, I guess, Illinois basketball? I mean, families were in, in attendance for football games, but especially for basketball, there was literally no one there but us inside the arena. Yeah, and I see that as a privilege, too, like, out of, absolutely, you know, the 30,000 people that should have been there, like, we were some of the only people um, that were allowed in there, which I think was was cool and definitely like a good memory that I'll have. But yeah, I mean, like I, I think about too, like how many times like that must have like impacted the um, like the situation of the game or the outcome of the game. Like maybe there's games that Illinois wouldn't have won if, you know, they weren't playing in an, an empty arena. Like we'll never know. It's kind of the the what if of it all. But I, I think about that and like how the the fans really, really do impact the momentum of the game a lot of times. And a lot of times, even when I'm shooting highlights, like some of the ones that I, I put in, in my show are the ones that like garner the most reaction from the fans. Like, okay, we're going to see a lot of Kofi dunks in the game, but the one that like the crowd cheers the loudest, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put that one in the highlights. I'm going to put that one in the highlights. Just so, so certain things like that where the, the crowd has, maybe um, played a little bit of an influence on my job, um, I think, you know, affected me in some way. But I also kind of enjoyed um, being able to hear the coaches and because we can't hear, like when everybody is screaming and there's music and and it's loud, like you can't hear what they're saying to their players. So it was cool to actually like be able to eavesdrop a little bit um, and hear them. But it it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a weird time. And I hope we're not headed back towards that because I, there's so many like cancellations now in college football with all the bowl games and even basketball too. And, and the NBA and um, you know, the NHL, it's just like, I really hope we're not about to have another, you know, March, 2020. So Marley, let's, before we get out of here, I do kind of want to ask you about your future again, like we talked about earlier, but I do kind of have a couple quick questions for you. Just like quick wonder responses. All right. Are you ready? Sure. Yeah. Or like <laughs> rapid short fire. Words, like rapid fire. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Favorite coach to interview? Um, oh, that's hard. Um, I like I, Brad Dancer, the Illinois tennis Good coach. Call. He's actually great. I he's he's very like very personal. Well, okay, sorry, I don't know if I'm not allowed. To no, you go for it. Go for it. It's supposed for it. to be rapid fire, but he always <laughs> addresses you by name. He's always like, and and Alec, that's why we blah blah blah, and and Brandon, that's why we this this Marley. Great question, you know, like he addresses you by name, which I think like means a lot, and I, I love that about him. Justin Spring too, honorable mention, gymnastics coach. He's he's great. <laughs> yeah, those are two very good like under the radar answers. I personally yes. love talking to Brad Bielma. He's awesome. He's he's got a funny like kind of side to him where he's like joking around, but he provides great insight. I love talking to Coach B. Sure. But right. he's he's not a soundbite guy. I'll tell you that. No, he's okay, not. that's the difference between us two. When you guys are writers versus broadcast, like he goes off on a, a a story. You ask him like one simple question, he's like, "Yes, well, that reminds me when I was coaching at here as a grad assistant, and blah blah blah." This is the and then like goes off. And I'm like, Coach, I just needed like a 15 seconds for the yeah. broadcast, but it's that's fine. That's a good fine. call. That's a good call. Okay, favorite player to interview? Um, Io, 100. percent Okay. 
Now, what if I told you you may get to interview Georgie again in like a couple of weeks? How would that make you? Yeah, yeah, I definitely will get to. Um, So um, he plays for the Grand Rapids um, Gold, I believe is the team. Yeah, Uh, which is the Denver Nuggets um, G League affiliate. Um, So another season of covering Georgie, I think will, will be great, but. Um, I, he's definitely an honorable mention as well. He was great. He was always amazing as, um, he likes to say. Okay. So I have two more, uh, Memorial okay, stadium or state farm center, uh, state farm center. Good call. And then last one, I've it's got... inside, it's inside. <laughs> Good call. Uh, last one I've got, what do you think Georgie is going to say to you when you first interview him when you're in Grand Rapids? Do you think he's going to think you're still covering Illinois or do you think he's going to be confused or like, do you think he recognizes you? <laughs> I think he's going to be like, he's going to be like, are you following me or something? Like he's going to say something like that. I don't know if he's going to like maybe put it together. Like maybe he, he'll recognize me and like kind of know that I'm familiar. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's going to be something funny like that. All right. My only rapid fire question. And I asked this to Sean Herring, Harrington too. And maybe I got to stop podcasting on empty stomach, but if there's like one restaurant or place in Champagne you're gonna miss, like food place, what's it gonna be? Oh, okay. So it is this Thai place um, up by, like, um, it's on what street is it? Bloomington Road. It's in between a Days Inn and the Popeyes. Um, it's called Terra Thai, and it is the best Thai food um, I've ever had. Close, close with Bangkok Thai on campus, but. It is definitely my little like hidden gem find um, that I will miss a lot. I'm going to have one more rapid fire before we ask you about your food. Okay. So you said you like Bangkok Thai on campus. Have you ever been to Cam's or Lion or Joe's and which one (laughs) is your favorite if you've been to the three? (laughs) I have been to the three. I've never been to new Cam's. I've been to old Cam's. I've been to Red Lion and I've been to Joe's. Joe's smells like vomit, so that yes. is a last on the list. Um, I Camps is is good, but I think the favorite is Red Lion. People like getting up on the tables and dancing. I'm like, all right, this is <laughs> this is my kind of fun. Like, <laughs> it, it's cool and it's good. It's good people watching too because you can kind of like Camps is all very much like one elevated surface, I guess. But at, at Red Line, you can stand on the tables and you can get, you know, multiple layers um, to the bar as, as maybe you wouldn't see at camps. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Lion gets rowdy. That's how I like to describe it. Lion's more it's, like, yeah, this is, a, this is a lion podcast. Yes. This is definitely a lion. This podcast. is no, okay, no I'm a camps person. I, although old <laughs> camps is a lot better than new camps. I like camps more than I like lion because lion can be too much sometimes. But Sim loves lion. Yeah. He's a lion. He's a, he's a lion. I think, I think I, I, I always tell, I think I got COVID at lion. This was like way before like COVID even like existed. Um, it was maybe like in like September of 2019. I went like, my sister was in town. Um, so I took her, um, she was still in college. So, you know, I was like, Oh, we can go here. It'll be fun. Whatever. So we went to red lion and like the next day, like we both came down with like a really bad cough. Um, and it, I had it for like so long. I was like, this cough is, is horrible. So I'm like, mm, maybe I got COVID at camps and I didn't know it, but we both got really sick after um, we went there, but still, I guess my favorite out of the three. So 
let's kind of talk about your future. We said you're going to cover a little bit of the Denver Nuggets G League team, the gold there in Grand Rapids. Are you going to cover any Michigan, Michigan State kind of stuff? Detroit is a college program in that kind of area. Are you going to be doing college yes. coverage still? Yeah, so it's a little bit of everything. Um, the main teams in Grand Rapids are, like you mentioned, that NBA G League team. They have um, an AHL hockey team, and they also have a minor league baseball team, which are like the teams kind of central in that area. And there's a couple of you know smaller colleges like around Grand Rapids and and in the city as well. But they also do cover Michigan and Michigan State, which I'm very excited for. Um, and we definitely need. Michigan to win this weekend. I know Illinois fans don't want to put out the good vibes there for me, but if Michigan wins at the Orange Bowl this weekend, um, they're potentially going to send me to Indy to cover the college football championship, which I think will be really cool. Um, so we need all those good vibes um, as much as we we can to help Michigan um, get that win over Georgia. But yeah, they cover um, Michigan, Michigan State, um, and occasionally, you know, some some Detroit sports. So I think it'll be, um, you know, a big transition going from a place where Illinois was like the sole focal point of everything. You know, we covered um, Illinois sports so, so intensely um, along with high school sports. So going to a place where it's like there's way more sports to cover and way more teams, I think is going to be a lot and a big transition, but I'm excited to get, you know, a little variety. And I don't think there ever will be like a shortage of, of content and all that. So. All right, Marley, Sam, you got any last questions? I do not know. All right. Let's get you out of here so you can start packing for your flight or drive <laughs> when you're driving. I guess that's easier to do when you move up to Grand Rapids. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate all the help you provided me and the last couple of years on the beat. You're always a fun conversation, not always about sports, which I always appreciate it too. So thank you for all your help and thanks for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to miss you. Um, been a good ride, but I'm sure I will. We'll see you soon. If I'm still going to be, you know, covering big 10, um, I might make my way back to the, the state farm center, um, in more ways than one. So. It's see not goodbye. So see you later. See you at Lion? <laughs> at Lion? Oh, yeah. We can <laughs> we can do the post-game. Post-game <laughs> from Lion. Why not? All right, Marley. Have a good afternoon. All right. Thanks, guys. Once again, special thanks to Marley Ruda for joining us. Definitely some funny stories in there, Sim. And I wasn't really kidding about her being a good friend of mine on the beat. We didn't really talk a whole bunch, but I always felt like we were close in age. She was able, she was always able to answer questions and she was just helpful for me. And I hope she was for you on your one year on the beat when you were still with the DI. Yeah, no, there's just, there's just not a lot of people uh, our age or around our age that cover Illinois. And so even though she wasn't a student or like a student reporter, she was still probably one of the closer ones in age to us. So like, again, I wasn't super close there. It was COVID, but um, she was always nice whenever I had a question or anything. So I'm glad we got to get her on the podcast before she is off to Grand Rapids. Yeah. And we would definitely wish her luck. And we're both, like we said, jealous that she gets a couple more interviews, at least for G, um, at least for the time being. So with New Year's kind of coming up or kind of around the same time, depending on when you're listening to this, Brandon and I thought we would recreate a game that we played over Thanksgiving that we stole from the Field of 68 Media Network. I think this was John Fanta's game where they picked college basketball teams for food, uh, Thanksgiving Day food. 
And Brandon and I are going to try and recreate this with New Year's Eve, New Year's Day kind of celebrations uh, that we kind of put together here. So Brandon, I'll start first. Um, New Year's Eve kiss, clock strikes midnight. What college basketball team do you think strikes that up? So I think for some people, there may be like teenagers or whatever, the New, the New Year's like kiss, like the clock strikes 12 and kiss someone like that is all like you want to talk about or think about the high going, school thing. Yeah. That's, that's all you like. That's all you talk about or think about kind of going into the new, whatever you're doing for new year. So it's getting a lot of hype. It's getting a lot of anticipation and then you do it. And it's probably like a one second pack, not that exciting. And there's kind of like the rest of the night, you're kind of like, Oh, like that was it. It kind of lets you down for me, at least recently that's been Kentucky. Like, I, every year in the preseason, we're hearing, the, oh, this is Kentucky's year. They're back. This group of freshmen is actually the group of freshmen that can, like, return them to the title. And then you kind of, you're kind of, like, a month or two in, and they've dropped a game to Notre Dame, or they're one and six like they were last year. They just Recently, they've been letting us down after all the uh, preseason excitement. So I think, for me, Kentucky is, like, the New Year's kiss. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, like, think back to, like, when you were in high school, right? Like, you and all your boys are talking up like, oh, who you're going to kiss him in? Not even like high school. I feel like this is early high school, like maybe eighth grade, like eighth grade through like freshman, sophomore year, right? Like you and all your boys are talking up like, oh, like who are you going to kiss at mid- midnight? Like the girls are totally like trying to figure it out too. If you're at the party with all your high school friends, hopefully there's not too much misbehaving going on. You're getting all excited. You're, it's all planned out. We, all, we plan for Kentucky to be really good every year. And then lately they just kind of are disappointing. So I like the I like the Kentucky take. So I think you know not not everyone like wants wants to go out. Um, there's people who My mom. You know, just want to like sit, you know sit inside with their significant other or by themselves and just like turn on a movie or something or just relax. What kind of is that tradition for you? So I'm definitely someone who wants to go out, but as my mother's son, I do understand that. She hates New Year's. She hates staying up till midnight. She totally is a type of person who likes to stay in, which is weird because that's not her personality type at all, right? Like she's super extroverted, has a whole bunch of friends, tends to kind of be like, not the life of the party, but like a talkative person at the party. But uh, she's the type of person who'd rather stay in on New Year's because she hates it. I'm going to go with Wisconsin, right? Like, you know what you're getting every single year with Wisconsin, save last year, right? Like, you're going to be a really consistent, like movies tend to be pretty consistent. They're either average to good, but you're occasionally going to get the really great movie. You're going to occasionally get the really bad movie. Uh, you know, obviously we have the final four Wisconsin teams. We have the team last year that just self-combust. I'm going to go Wisconsin, another big time program. Yeah, I think that's a fair uh, statement. I would throw some Villanova teams in too. Like what's oh, it? Let's say, like, let's say like you're watching uh, like this. Let's say you're watching like, this unreal movie, like a you watching Parasite for the first time or something on New Year's Eve, like that's just like a, a championship movie. And sometimes Villanova has championship teams, um, but other times maybe not as good. But it's still just it's solid, it's consistent, it's st- stable. You know, what I mean, you're not gonna wake up the next day feeling like crap. Uh, you're just kind of you're just you're solid. You're there. So I think for me, Villanova is also in that mix. Uh, another one, I think this is a, a large staple of New Year's is like the, the drink champagne and the popping of it and the consuming of it. I just feel like that's really associated with New Year's Eve. So where are you with uh, champagne? Okay. So let me ask you first, do you like champagne? Like, yes. Like I, I think for an alcoholic drink, it, it tastes, uh, it, it's like a fine drink, but like I don't know. It's not like maybe as strong as I would. I maybe probably for something a little bit stronger. Like it wouldn't be my go-to, but for like the holidays, like 
Yeah, I don't mind it. I like it. Yeah, it's definitely something that's good in moderation. Like, I'm definitely not pounding glasses of champagne at any point on New Year's. But uh, if we're going to go with popping champagne, um, give me Duke in Kansas. Uh, something you do every single year. Programs that are both really good every single year. Uh, you know, champagne tends to, I feel like the stereotype around champagne, it's like a high class, expensive kind of bottle beverage of alcohol. Those are two high class blue blood programs. But there's also like, the really shitty champagne that just is bad. Like the fraternity, like the fraternity mimosa Saturday block at U of I champagne that we get, the Andre or whatever it's called. Uh, that And like Duke was that last year. Kansas has kind of been like, eh, for Kansas standards at, at points in the last decade. So champagne, Kansas and Duke. Yeah, no, I think like, it's just, it's kind of the staple of like, of like you associate New Year's with, champagne just for some reason and I feel like we associate college basketball like the AP top 25 um with Duke and Kansas so that makes sense to me okay here's a here's kind of a fun one uh this is something that you and I are both going to be doing you're going to be doing it in Los Angeles as you're out on your west coast trip for scouting I'm going to be doing it in Champaign with some friends from school uh going out to a bar slash club I will be doing the bar my guess is you'll be doing more of the club scene in Los Angeles uh, what program is the bar slash club on New Year's Eve? So going to a bar or club, I feel like has super, like, it has great potential. Like you could have the time of your life, you know, maybe like have a great time with your boys, not spend that much money potentially. Like, you know, you could have a great time. It could be an all-time night, but it could also go sideways so fast. Like, you know, someone could get in a fight or you drop way too much money or you wake up the next day feeling bad. So I think there's high-end outcomes with going to a bar or club, and there's also low-end outcomes. And over the past few years, has anyone exhibited that more than North Carolina? Like you talk about winning a title in 2017, to missing the tournament last year and being outright – or no, I guess they made it last year, but they lost the first round. But the two years ago, outright missing the tournament. This year they've kind of been up and down, but mostly down. Like there's just such a wide range of outcomes with North Carolina, and I feel like that's what going to the club bar is like. I like that take. Uh North Carolina is definitely a program that's struggling a lot this year, this season, relative to what their expectations were. I still think they have the potential to be the second best team in the ACC behind Duke if they get everything figured out. The problem is, I don't know if they're going to. Leaky Black, Armando Baycott, Caleb Love, they all need to play a little bit better um, for them to kind of hit their ceiling. So I agree with you on North Carolina being the club slash bar. There's also an aspect to North Carolina that makes us good too, right? Because there's the bars that, you know, are really, really good that you're going to have a good time at. Um, in St. Louis, you know, that's ballpark village, PBR patios in Chicago. What do you guys go to up there? Like, I feel like Wrigleyville for college kids is kind of yeah. like, like gooses, a sluggers, like things like that. That's kind of consistent and good. And that's what like North Carolina should be. So that I feel like North Carolina is a good fit there. Okay. Uh, Times Square, New York, New Year's Eve ball drop in New York. This is a fun one. We kind of struggled a little bit to come up with the team for this, I think, or at least I did. Uh, what you got here? Yeah, no, this is a tough one. Um, I think, like, everyone kind of watches it, but I don't know we how. don't know you- why we watch it. Yeah, I like, you watch it, but you don't really know why. But, again, it's just kind of a staple, and it's consistent, and, like, I never like walk away from watching the ball drop, like thinking like, Oh, that was like terrible. But like, I'm never like, Oh, like that was so awesome. I'm riveted. So now as I'm looking at teams, 
actually think this might be Michigan State for me. Like again, Ooh. it's a staple. It's there. Michigan State, you know, four out of five years is there. They're in the picture. But there's never been any Michigan State team, at least recently, I've been like over the head crazy about. But like it's just kind of a staple. It's there. You watch them. You talk about them. For me, it's Michigan State. I like that take. We had planned Alabama for this, and you and I both like Alabama way too much, or enjoy at least yeah. watching Alabama way too much for Alabama to, to be our New Year's Eve ball drop. I like your Michigan State take there. Um, is there a team in the Big East that fits this? I feel like Villanova kind of a little bit, but not really. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give similar you to Michigan State. I'll give you one. Syracuse. Oh. Because yeah. you, like, the ball is like it's not really that exciting. Like, let's be honest. Syracuse isn't that exciting, but as it gets closer to the end, you get more and more excited. The numbers start flashing yeah, on it. As you get closer Syracuse to the starts end. getting hot at the end of the year. That's going to play tournament. I'm going to go Syracuse for the New Year's, Eve, New Year's Eve ball drop. And then all of a sudden the ball's dropped and all of a sudden Syracuse is in the Sweet 16. Like it just takes yeah. up on you. Yeah. And then it's over. Yeah. Just like Syracuse then, gets out in the Sweet 16. And then we restart the cycle and we're talking about the ball drop next year because we're talking yeah. about Syracuse. Okay, New Year's Eve or New Year's resolution, excuse me. Uh, so this is something that we all say, at least a lot of people say, we're going to do every single year. So we're going to stick to it. For a lot of people, let's go to the gym, get in good shape. For some people, it could be like stop smoking, something that would be great for their health, right? Uh, what is your New Year's resolution team? So we have we talked about a team before like we did this segment, but I'm actually going to switch this up here. At least for me, this doesn't apply to everyone. My New Year's like resolution is just the Big Ten. Every year I, I try to go in thinking like, you know what? This is the year. This is the year I'm going to buy in and like look at what Purdue has and look at what Michigan has and Illinois, look at what they have. And then within two weeks, I'm like, screw this. I'm out. I, I don't believe I don't believe in this team. Just like New Year's resolutions. I feel like a lot of people two weeks in are like, I'm out. So for me personally, it doesn't apply to everyone. For me personally, it's the Big Ten. Okay, so I'm going to give the team that we talked about because I feel like that's important to do uh texas this year everyone's talking about texas as a potential final four national title contender with chris beard leading that program all the transfers coming in obviously marcus carr uh dylan disu um uh timmy allen um you know the list goes on and on right uh i'm gonna go texas and with the most recent top 25 you and i are both anti-top 25 people they're down to number 17 and they're preseason top five top six i believe uh so i'm gonna go texas as our new year's resolution uh now i'm gonna put you on the spot and i didn't plan to do this uh what is illinois for the new year's eve new year's day kind of hoopla if you'd like to say um huh maybe this is funny because they're not like they don't play in these, but like the New Year's Day football games, um, because I just feel like at least for us, like Illinois New Year's Day football games again are a staple. Like I feel like you just associate January first with um, bowl, college football bowl games, and I you know ironically Illinois doesn't play in those, but like at least for us, like Illinois, um, at least for us Illinois basketball is the program like we spend the most time talking about. We both enjoy watching them. Um, like that, you know, they're just, they're like, they're just, they bring out good vibes. I feel like at least for us, like we just enjoy Illinois basketball. So it's given us this podcast. It gives us good vibes and it's, it makes me happy the same way the new year's bowl games make me happy. I can't imagine a January 1st without some bowl game. So for me, it, they are the January 1st bowl games. All right. We'll let that work. All right. You have a new year's <laughs> resolution this year. Uh, 
No, I'm not, I'm not a huge new year's resolution guy because I don't think, uh, I think you can better yourself any day and it doesn't need to be a new year to do that. So like, I don't have like one specifically, and I, you know, there's definitely ways I'm trying to better myself, but it's not going to, you know, I can start today. I don't need to start on January 1st. So. Yeah. That's a good take. Yeah. I'm, I've kind of started this in the last couple of weeks or the last since Christmas break has started for us as students uh, with my sister's wedding coming up in April. I'm trying to get in good shape. I'm not like out of shape, but I'd like to at least like fill out my suit a little bit better or the tuxedo for that, for that occasion, a little bit better. So I might start yeah, with you have a projectable frame. Like you, you have a projectable frame. You, you definitely. How do I project it. to the NBA draft? Not well, but you could definitely. The hell, <laughs> you man. could definitely add. <laughs> you could definitely add some weight. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> All right, so great episode. Uh, definitely a fun conversation there at the end with the New Year's teams in college basketball. That's something that we should keep going. Um, can we get a Pac-12 update? <sighs> it's rough right now. Um, a lot of teams are on a COVID pause. UCLA is uh usc is arizona just lost to tennessee so this week there was three teams ranked usc seventh oh ucla was fifth arizona so, so still three top 10 teams but usc and ucla are on covid pause i will not get to see them when i'm out in la now which is a bummer because me at poly pavilion would have been good content but yeah well, same as always had a good ass time out there and um but yeah those three teams are still chugging along despite the covid pauses so that's the update. I don't want to talk about any other teams in that league. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a Wii League? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, that's all that matters. It's still a Wii League. It will always be a Wii League. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening to this edition of Inside the Arc. Hopefully you guys have a safe or had a safe New Year's Eve celebration. Um, enjoy the holidays and uh, take care of each other. Do everything you can to stay healthy because unfortunately COVID's kind of becoming a thing again. Um, so make sure you're doing everything you can to stay safe and stay healthy. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. This has been Inside the Arc.